If we want to understand our place in the universe, we need to understand our deep connection to nature. The natural world will teach us if we will be her student. Last year in my community garden plot, I accidentally broke a branch off of a tomato vine. And I knew that things could sometimes regrow roots, but I didn't have much experience with this as a fairly new gardener. I took the tomato branch home and I put it in a vase of water. It did grow roots after a time, and I was able to replant the small branch. The little branch thrived when I thought it was going to die. It took hold in the soil, was rooted, and even made a few small green tomatoes by the end of the season. It didn't mature enough to create tomatoes big enough and red enough to be eaten, but it surprised me by its persistence and by its renewal of life that it was determined to hang on. We can learn much from nature about persistence and renewal. Are you ready to be nature's student? The world of nature tells us there is a time for every season. Day follows night and spring follows winter without fail. It also tells us that there are seasons of our lives. There is a celestial rhythm that we, like all living beings, follow. We are all part of this great circle of life. One of the greatest lessons nature can teach us is about renewal and emergence. Spring always follows winter. After loss and devastation of virtually any kind, renewal always follows. It might take a long time, depending on what the loss and devastation was, but renewal always follows. The earth is incredibly persistent, and the earth is all about re-emergence. In a different form, yes, but re-emergence. This can give us great hope. When things go wrong in our lives, when we make mistakes that cause suffering to ourselves or others, when the universe shuts a door in our lives, whatever the case is, whenever something goes wrong, let us remember that emergence always follows devastation. We can always begin as our older, wiser selves. We can always allow renewal to bless our lives and give us a new chance to do better. The very pattern of the universe is renewal. As I mentioned, after a natural area is wrecked by a human-made or a natural disaster, things will start to grow there again, at least eventually. At first, it might seem that that growth is tentative, but it is persistent, and eventually, new growth will overtake the area. In fact, this renewal might be the most persistent thing in our world. Even in cities filled with concrete and steel, if you look down at the cracks in the sidewalk, you will see new life bursting through in the form of little plants, maybe dandelions or other little plants, coming up through the little cracks with, it, with nature's great persistence and renewal. All of us are grieving in some ways. Many of us who have lived more than a few years are grieving loved ones who have passed. 
But all of us are grieving. Maybe we've changed homes, changed relationships, changed jobs, changed health status, um, just various ways. We're all grieving something all the time. And that, that also, remembering that, can help us to be kind to others. When we don't understand why someone else maybe doesn't treat us fairly or is rude to us or something, we, it would help us if we understand that that person is grieving. We don't know what's going on in their life, but they're probably grieving something. So all of us are grieving because life is made up of change. In fact, life is constant change, and with change comes blessing, but also with change comes loss. And death is by no means the only kind of loss. As I mentioned, people can lose jobs, homes, relationships, abilities, so many things. As we listen to nature, we'll hear that life is made up of constant change, if you talk, took the same walk in the woods every week and pay attention, you will notice changes week by week. If you took that same walk in the woods every day, you would see changes day by day. And actually, there's no end to that. If you took that same walk every hour and you paid very, very close attention, you would see changes by the hour. And if, if you had a, a microscope or whatever, you could even see changes minute by minute, second by second, because it's constantly changing. You will never walk that same path twice. The path is different, and you are different. Small changes are constantly happening. One thing to remember is while change is always happening, renewal tells us that nothing is ultimately lost forever. Nothing is ultimately lost forever. Maybe the form of that thing is lost, but ultimately nothing can be lost. Everything is still hidden somewhere in our universe. One of the hardest parts about being human is losing our loved ones. And I've recently been growing a funeral ministry, and I know that grief can be devastating. And if we live long enough, we will know many people who we care about who will die. And even if we die before our loved ones, we know that they will have pain and grief at our passing eventually. However, let us take hope from nature that while we may feel our deceased loved ones are gone forever, nevertheless, they are still part of that great circle of life, and they are still held in the great circle of love, the love that we can feel in our hearts. If we are patient, we can allow renewal to work its way in our lives. If we allow our hearts to feel what we feel in each season, we can trust that new emergence will follow grief in our souls as spring follows a barren, desolate winter. Let us accept these griefs not simply as bitter pills, but as a journey with barren seasons that will eventually make way for renewal. Renewal will not end our journey of grief, However, grief and new emergence are all part of this turning of seasons in our lives, the seasons of our journey. And if we can accept the seasons, we can both notice and create space for something new to emerge alongside that love that remains in our hearts. We will still have the grief, but eventually we can find that we can love and laugh again. The new things emerging do not take the place of the old, but instead our lives become like rich gardens with both lush 
and barren spots. And we can grow the lush spots in the gardens of our lives. Another thing that nature can teach us is persistence. Lao Tzu noted how water teaches us. Water is fluid, soft, and yielding, but water will wear away rock, which is rigid and cannot yield. As a rule, whatever is fluid, soft, and yielding will overcome what is rigid and hard. This is another paradox. What is soft is strong. Eventually, even the highest mountains can be worn down by water. Water's very softness and the way it flows is what it allows it to creep into the cracks and wear down anything. Currents of water teach us that it is easier to go with the flow than to swim against the tide. Our lives become easier when we allow the, what is happening in the present moment, when we accept it, instead of resisting the present moment. We need, may need to resist evil. We may need to resist some things in our lives, in our society. We may need to act to change the situation, both personally or in our country or even in our world. We may need to resist. But we can also accept the current reality. It is what it is at this current moment, knowing that the current reality will change. Not just may change, but will change. And we can ask ourselves, how do we want to be part of making that change happen? And part of making the change happen is accepting what is right now. Say you have a fitness goal. You accept exactly where you are now, and you make steps toward improving it. And maybe you make a whole detailed plan how you can do more and more over time. But you accept where you are now, and you take the first steps, and then you continue walking on that path. And each way of the path, you'll do much better if you accept where you're at instead of berating yourself that you haven't made more progress. But accept where you're at, but continue on the path. And this is how we make changes in our lives. This is how we can make changes in our world. Let us think a little bit more about this allowing principle. Allowing what's happening as it is right now. Imagine two people stuck in a traffic jam. We've all been in this experience in some way. And one person might be continually complaining and raging about the stop and go traffic. The other person realizes there's nothing she can do about the situation right now. And so she decides to calmly think good thoughts. Maybe, maybe pray or meditate, or maybe sing a song, or maybe think with anticipation about some future thing or some happy memory, while accepting the current moment, making yourself be happier and happier by her attitude of allowing the present moment, but making choices how she can be the happiest. Which kind of person do you want to be? And of course, there are some things we can't change. We can't change that traffic jam, probably, but there are many things in our lives we can change. Probably many of you are aware of the serenity prayer as used in AA. Accept the things that you have no control over and also put your energy into proving the things you can and having the wisdom to know the difference. That's a paraphrase. Both in allowing and being soft and fluid and also in being determined and persistent, let us be inspired by water. The persistence of water and the strength of water. 
A few years ago, I made this quote. When you meet an obstacle, be like water. Flow around it, flow over it, perhaps wear it down. Just keep flowing. And let us also understand that we are a part of nature. It's not nature and us. It's nature and us. We come from the earth, we go back to the earth. We're a part of the amazing web of life creations. Scientists are still discovering the vast interconnectedness of the natural world. And here is one example, but in fact there are multitudes of examples that could show the interconnected natural systems that we live in and among. Giraffes in sub-Saharan Africa are especially fond of eating the leaves of the masasa tree. As long as not too many of the leaves on a particular tree are eaten, the tree and the giraffe live together harmoniously. But when a hungry giraffe consumes so many of the tree's leaves that the tree's well-being is threatened, the tree raises its acidic level in the leaves. The tree actually produces more acid in the leaves so that the giraffe won't want to eat the leaves anymore. The giraffes don't find it tasty, they stop eating them, they go elsewhere. But what I find even more remarkable than that is if there is a wind, then other trees downwind of the masasa tree raise the level of acid in their leaves, thus sending the giraffes onto another grove of trees further away. So the wind somehow communicates that the well-being of this particular grove of trees is threatened and it communicates it from, from the one tree that had so many of the leaves consumed to the other trees nearby, and they all say, let's send these giraffes further on so we can protect ourselves, and then the giraffes can find their food elsewhere. I think that's amazing. The earth and you and I and every other living being are one. Separateness is an illusion. Somewhere along the way, Western society mostly forgot about this deep connection we have with the Earth. Western society developed the idea that we need to conquer and subdue nature. This is entirely the wrong approach. And also, sadly, the Western ideas of conquering and subduing other peoples grew alongside together with this idea of conquering the planet. Conquering the planet, conquering other peoples. These, these concepts grew together, and both of these are the wrong approach for ourselves, for other people, and for our planet. We need to heal our mother, Mother Nature, and with her, we will create healing for all of her children. So what can we do? The first step is being more connected to the natural world to our beautiful planet, to all of nature. And when we're more connected, we will care more. As Rachel Carson, the famous environmentalist, said, the more clearly we can focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the universe about us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. Let's hear that one more time from Rachel Carson. The more clearly we can focus our attention on the wonders and the realities of the universe around us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. The more we care, the more we will want to save the natural world, including ourselves. We take care of what we cherish and love and appreciate. 
And so the more we care, it will just become more and more part of our hearts and part of our lives to want to take care of the earth and do what we can, and thus also inspire others, because we're all connected. So how can we focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the part of the universe we are living in? Well, there are many ways. One way is simply by going out in nature on a regular basis. Take a walk, take a hike, work in a garden, explore nature, pay attention to nature, simply by being in nature and observing nature. One time I made a challenge for some of my friends and I said, look at the same area in the natural world. Maybe it's a tree in your yard or um, a particular plot of a flower garden or um, a nice spot that you like to go to by a river, whatever it is, like some, something close to where you live, but observe it every day. And it could even just be from your kitchen window, but it's even better if you go out and experience it. But observe it every day and you'll feel more, more connected to the changes of nature and what is happening if you can do this. And you'll see the changes and maybe your sense of amazement will grow. But especially by being in nature, as much as you can, and even if you can't get out into the wilderness, you can go to a park or go to a little woodsy area or go by some water. Just, just the more you're in nature, the more connected you will be. And then when you're mindfully experiencing it, I mean, it's still good to be out in nature and be reading a book or being on our cell phone or something, but it's nowhere near as good as if we can mindfully experience it. Take it all in. What does it look like? What does it sound like right now? What does it feel like? What are the textures around me? What does it smell like? And only if there's something edible, what does it taste like? But being mindful, so important. And the more mindful we are, the more we will feel connected to nature, the more we will care, and the richer our lives will be. There are numerous studies about mindfulness, how it is healthy for our, for our bodies as well as our spirits. But about nature, as we care more, we will be inspired to take steps to transform our world. We will grow our awareness, our wonder, and our care as we feel increasingly connected to nature. Finally, we can look to nature for the specific inspirations we need. The answers are waiting for us to discover. We don't need to read thick books of theology, philosophy, or even science to understand the rhythms of the natural world that can help us live happier, more peaceful lives. Chris Carr says, if you struggle with mastering patience, acceptance, or any lesson, look to nature as your teacher. Ask yourself, how do the stars do it? How does the ocean do it? How do the birds do it? Look to nature for the answers of how you can be inspired with what you are struggling with, what you need in your life, that, that peace you can find in nature. You can find turmoil in nature as well, but, if, but I'm of the mindset that what you look for, you will find. Because if you've ever bought a particular kind of car, you'll know that maybe you, your awareness grew and you all of a sudden see more of that kind of car on the road. Same way, if you look to nature for your inspiration, you will find abounding inspiration in nature. Therein, you can find your answer. So in conclusion, nature teaches us that emergence follows devastation. Nature instructs us that change is constant 
And yet our lives have seasons like the natural world. Nature teaches us the importance of allowing and flexibility and also the importance of patient persistence and determination. Being more connected with nature reminds us it is not us over nature or even us and nature. Instead, we are part of the interconnected web of all life, all nature. I wonder what else you are learning or will learn from nature if you accept this challenge and take nature as your teacher. I will close with a poem I wrote. In this poem, you will hear the word sunlight. The word sunlight can be understood simply as sunlight, or it could, can be understood as a metaphor for all of nature. You can read it, hear it either way. The poem is called Encouragement for You. I wrote this a few years ago. Encouragement for you. Let the sunlight encourage you, even if you've been foolish, even if you've been wronged, even if you've been hit broadsides. Let yourself be nourished by the warmth. Let your eyes see the brightened world. Feel the sunlight. Do not despair. All is not lost. You are okay. Let the sunlight shine upon you and encourage you. Feel the sunlight shine upon you and warm you. Let the sunlight shine upon you and renew you. Let the sunlight help you however you need to be helped. Bless the sunlight, bless our world, bless all the living creatures that we live among, bless ourselves, Amen, and blessed be. And now we will sing our closing hymn, which is number 402, From You I Receive, May Rise in Body or Spirit. And we will sing this through three times. I invite you, the first time singing, that you may think of those that you love and are close to you. I invite you in the second chorus, if you like, to think of all the human family and all the ways you've been helped and the ways you help others. And in the third time, I invite you to broaden your mind and heart and think of the whole universe and think of yourself giving and receiving from the abundance of the universe. Let us sing together.